The event that decides who the next leader of our country will be is only one week away. But have you ever wondered how exactly they get this position? What does voting look like and how does it work? You're in the right place. Welcome to the election section. Welcome to the election section. We're your hosts, Lucy, Grady, Order, and Ethan. And we'll be with you this entire week before the important day of November 3rd. From historical past elections to how voting works, the election section will hopefully get you excited for the election and know the importance of voting and how special it is in the United States of America. Here's Order with our first segment, How Does the Election Work? Hi, I'm Porter, and welcome to our first ever segment, How Does the Election Work? When Americans go to the polls in November, they won't technically be voting for Joe Biden or Trump, but for members of the Electoral College. You might wonder why do they use the term college? Well, the term college just refers to a group of people or electors. These electors share the common task of choosing the President of the United States of America. The system goes back more than 200 years at the Constitutional Convention where the Founding Fathers wanted to establish a democratic system and were concerned that a direct popular vote would lead to an unsuitable president. Electors were settled on as a compromise. Each state was given a number of electors roughly based on their size and their population. Today, there are 538 electors. A candidate needs to get a majority of these. If a candidate gets 270 electoral votes, they win the election. In most states, the candidate who wins the popular vote will get all the electoral votes. For example, let's say candidate A wins 51% of the popular vote in California, and candidate B wins 49% of the popular vote in California. Candidate A would get all of California's electoral votes. This is why it's possible for a candidate to lose the popular vote but still win a majority of the electoral votes. Two out of the past five elections had the president win the vote. Two out of the past five elections had the president win the electoral vote, but not the popular vote, although that hadn't happened in 100 years before the 2000 election. So that is how the election works. And next up, here's Ethan with our next segment, Let's Make History on Historical Elections. Hi. I'm Ethan, and I'll be your host for today's segment of Let's Make History. There have been 58 elections in the history of the United States, and with a number like that, some of them were bound to get interesting. In 2000, George W. Bush ran against Al Gore. The night that the president was supposed to be revealed, no one knew who won because Florida's votes were 0.5% off of each other. And by Florida's state law, there had to be a revote. After the revote, the margin was even closer at 0.009%. That's 537 votes in Bush's favor. Then the Supreme Court got involved to decide whether there should be another recount, and after a whole month of legal debates, it was decided that there wouldn't be one. Bush won the presidency by a single electoral vote. Next, I'm going to talk about the five times that Eugene Debs ran for president. He ran for the Socialist Party of America, and in 1920 received only 6% of the votes. But the interesting thing about that campaign 
was that he ran it while in prison because he participated in a strike on a railroad company. The candidates of the 1960 election were John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon. That election was the first to have televised debates. Nixon had been sick before the first debate and didn't wear makeup. He wore a great suit, gray suit and blended into the walls behind him. His sickly appearance and the fact that he appeared to have a floating head made him look like a ghost. On the other hand, John F. Kennedy had a tan and wore a, bl a blue suit that stood out from the, from the background. To the 70 million people watching on television, Kennedy appeared confident and won the debate. But to everyone who listened by radio, which was much less, Nixon won. Here's our next host, Lucy, hosting What Does Voting Look Like? Hi, I'm Lucy and welcome to our third segment, What Does Voting Look Like? So the basic process of voting is fairly simple. First, you have to register with the appropriate offices. Usually this has to be done by about a month before election day. Next, if you're still not sure, you pick what candidates you want to vote for. There are lots of different positions for people to run for, like the Senate and House districts, or of course, president. In Texas, there's even a position called the Railroad Commissioner that helps to regulate oil and gas industry. Then you should check the state's rules for voting. This includes when to vote or whether or not you can request a mail-in ballot. After you've decided who to vote for, you can't just show up anywhere to vote. The state where you live will determine a certain polling location for you based on your address. You should think about when you vote too. Some polling lo state locations are open especially long hours, and most locations are open for at least 12 on the actual election day. If you have a job, you can also request time off to go participate in choosing our country's next leaders. When you want to get, when you get to the polling location, and this may be a little different this year, you usually wait in line, which depending on when you get there, can take a long time or little at all. When it's your turn, you cast your vote in an enclosed space. Voting is an American right and privacy should be respected. Privacy also helps to stop some cases of voting fraud. After you've cast your ballot, you leave the ballot location, and sometimes you get a little I voted sticker too. Here's our next host, Grady, hosting fun election facts. Hi, I'm your host, Grady, and today I'll be wrapping up the episode with some fun election facts. Here's something interesting. If you get technical, the United States has really only had 44 presidents because Grover Cleveland was counted twice when he served two terms that weren't back to back. With the 22nd Amendment, presidents are now allowed to only serve two terms. However, this did not always used to be the case before it was custom to step down after two terms, but Franklin D. Roosevelt actually served four terms. However, he died during his fourth term, and two years later, the 22nd Amendment was passed, keeping presidents to serving two terms only. Hi, and welcome back. We hope that you enjoyed the first episode of the election section. New episodes air daily, so check back in tomorrow for episode two. Also, don't forget to check out our other podcast, Spooky Scary Stories. Here's some of AOS's students' scariest writing being showcased. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We're your hosts, Ethan, Porter, Lucy, and Grady. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on the election section. This is an official AOS Studios podcast. Thanks for listening.